Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. that God has laid upon my heart to go forth in this house today. I feel like there is a group of people and I have witnessed it already. You praise Him when you feel like it and you praised Him when you really didn't feel like it, but when you give God the glory, Lord have mercy. The strength of the Lord just seems to sweep into the house wherever you are, wherever I am, in the moment and whatever our weaknesses are, He just kind of inserts some strength into us. I I have danced before the Lord and shouted when I didn't feel good and I could have laid down and took a nap on the front row. (laughs) But when I just lifted up my hands and lifted up my voice, it just felt like there was a strength that only comes from heaven that God just begins to instill and to install into His people. I feel that strength from the Lord in this house right now. Praise God. We give you the glory, Lord Jesus. We bless your name, Heavenly Father. Lord, you deserve all the glory and all of the praise. Praise God. Thank you again for letting us be here with you all. Again, give honor to Pastor and Sister Keys, Brother and Sister Garcia, and this great congregation. Amen. I am not long-winded. That is good news today. I, I, I do not preach long. I will not keep you a long time. I promise you that. But the Lord has laid something on my heart for this service today. And I'm going to just launch from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12 as you're turning there with us this morning. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. And I'm going to use this as a a starting point and just flow with the Spirit today. Amen. I felt like that's what we were doing today. It just seems like we were just kind of finding our way into the flow of the Holy Ghost. and Not to be overwhelmed, but just to get into the current just flow with that current and I believe God has still some things he wants to do in this house before we leave today amen amen Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12 the apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi and he's writing from a place of bondage being imprisoned many times in his ministry and he's writing he says but I want you to know brethren that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He's saying what I am dealing with right now and what I have gone through and am going through in the present has helped to spread the gospel. So in verse 13, that it has become evident to the whole palace guard, everybody knows about it, the believers and the non-believers that And to all of the rest that my chains are in Christ. What you are going through here today. There is a reason why you are in the wilderness that you're in. The trial that you're in. The Bible says that in most of the brethren in the Lord in verse 14. 
having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. I'm going to preach to you for just a few moments today simply on the restricted. Preaching about the restricted. Would you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for what we have already felt in this house. Lord, we pray that your perfect will be accomplished among your people. God, we submit our will to your will right now. We put our will on the altar. We put our will on the altar right now, God. And we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in Safford today as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray that this word that we know that is already anointed, God, would sink down deep into our hearts. God, help us to be hearers and doers of your word. Help us to respond as you direct us to respond. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And could everybody say amen today. Before you're seated, could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house? He deserves it today. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Thankful to be here again today. We give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ and believing that his word is going to sink into our hearts and our spirits and, and we're going to be better. We're going to be wiser. Our trust and our faith in him is going to be stronger when we leave this place today than when we arrived. The passage of scripture that I read about doesn't make a lot of sense to our western way of thinking. That Paul begins to describe a scenario that he is in. He begins to look around at where he is at and what he has gone through and what he is dealing with. And he wants the readers in the church of Philippi to be encouraged by his limitations and his restrictions that he finds himself in. And I begin to read this passage of scripture and I begin to think about and reminisce over all of the people that I have known that have lived for God over my years of existence. I'm in my 40s now and I'm kind of in that sweet spot where to some of you I'm a young man and to others I may be an older man. But I've lived for God long enough to know that there are a lot of things that I saw happening as a child that are now making more sense to me. As my father has taught me and instructed me, I really feel like that the older that I get, the wiser that my parents become. And, and, the, and the wiser the church elders are, that they really did know what they were talking about. And, and when they began to testify and, and to teach us, and, and we really didn't have a lot of context on what they were saying or why they were saying it, and, and we hadn't lived through what they had lived through, but now as we begin to get older in our journey in life and in the kingdom of God, we understand and, and we have a little bit of, of awareness that, that what they were talking about and, and what they were going through, it, we, we start to live some of those things. And there's something very special about the anointing that I feel that rests upon those that I would consider restricted or those that I would consider limited or those that appear lacking in their life and, and those who endure difficulty. Those that show up in the house of God as you did just a while ago. 
that you have brought tests and trials with you and, and sickness in your body and drama in your family and financial difficulty in your life, but you still came into the house of God with all of your restrictions and all of your limitations and all of your burdens, and you set it aside and you said, you know what, I'm in the Lord's house on the Lord's day, and I'm going to give Him the glory, and I'm going to give Him the honor, and in my weakness and in my limitations and in all of my struggles, I'm going to lift up my hands to a God who loves me and cares for me and has my best interest at heart. There's something powerful when we give Him the praise and the honor and the glory in our restrictions and in our difficulties. There are those things that God allows to happen. And I I, I plead with God sometimes and and when, when I see precious saints of God and, and even new believers that come in and, and it feels like that there, there is a period of time that they have yet to go through the trial that they're currently in. It seems like I look at my watch and I'm thinking, Lord, when is this going to end in their life? And, and we become discouraged sometimes and, and, and we have compassion upon them. And, and there are things that you may be going through tonight or this afternoon, excuse me, that, that God has allowed to happen. And there may be no quick escape from it, but, but perhaps rather today God wants to equip you for the journey that you're in. Some of you are getting ready to come out of a wilderness. I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. And some of you are right smack dab in the middle of it, and I don't know how long you have left in your wilderness, but don't waste it. Don't waste the wilderness experience that God has put you in. Don't, don't, don't try to skip ahead to the next season of your life. And, and, and I could testify here, if you'd allow me to be transparent today, I, I, I've done that where I, I was kind of right in the middle of a test or a trial or, or a wilderness that, that God had put me in because that's where things go to die out and to die off. And, 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 and Pastor Keys, I wanted to hurry the work of the Lord that he was doing in me. And he let me. Brother Garcia, what I found was God allowed that to happen, but it wasn't very long. He put me back at the beginning of that season. Because I had failed to learn what God wanted to teach me the first time. I hope God is helping. We feel like we're having Bible class here today for a moment. But we find ourselves in, in, in restrictive areas and in, in difficult situations. And, and we want to hit the fast forward button. We want to scrub ahead to the end of that time that we are dealing with. But when we gain strength in services like today to continue through that, God steps in and He helps us and He equips us. He begins to minister to us. And the Apostle Paul was not shy he did not shy away at all from his difficulties and his struggles, but rather he, he began to kind of wear it as a badge of honor, if you will, that he endured hardship and difficulty, and he felt like that it was for the glory of God, and he teaches us that, that the suffering, as the disciples thought, that, that they, they, they found it a privilege to suffer for Christ's sake, to endure hardship. He talks about it not just in the text that we read but he began to talk about how that his difficulties and, and how the believers began to see him go through that and how they began to see him endure that. They gained boldness to preach the gospel and to do what God had called them to do. We find this again in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. This is a very familiar passage of scripture, but he talks about it again. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. 
Paul's saying, I've got to see a lot of cool stuff. I've got to do a lot of great things for God's kingdom. He's used me mightily in miracles, signs, and wonders, teaching, missionary journeys, planting of churches. I wish that spirit would fall upon the church in 2023. That we would walk humbly before the Lord and, and realize that anything that God has placed in our hands, we are to be a wise and a very gracious servant of what he has entrusted into us. And Paul said that, that just to keep me in check, just to keep me, put a governor on me, and we all have those, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me again lest I be exalted Above measure, and the Apostle Paul, he gave up a lot quicker than I would. He said, three times I went to the Lord. I'd have went to him every day, saying, Lord, I don't like what's going on in my life. Would you remove it? But Paul said, I went to him three times, and, and I pleaded with him that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Again, in our American way of thinking that we want to play to our strengths and we want to play to all of the advantages that we bring to the table. But Paul said, not, not so much. I, I, I used to do that and, and I used to live a life that was not pleasing unto the Lord and I, I used to be a Pharisee and I used to do things that were ungodly and unholy and unrighteous, but there was a change in my life. So I don't come in heavy-handed like I used to. But I come in humbly and, and in my place of weakness and in my place of restriction. And I, I would rather boast about my infirmities, he said. I would rather brag about the, the difficulty that's going on in my life. And not, not to be a martyr and say, look at me and, and look what I have sacrificed. But that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore... I take pleasures and infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. I'm looking at a lot of strong people here today. Not, not calculating that based on your trial. Because if I did it that way, I would think that you are weak. But you brought your weakness to him. And you, were, you relied on his strength and his help and his hand. If we looked through human eyes, we would see nothing but chaos all around and drama and confusion and sickness and turmoil. But, but I see victory and I see overcomers and I see people that are going to live life and life more abundantly. Because we bring our petitions to Him and our needs to Him and our weaknesses to Him and our restrictions to Him. And when we put that in the hands of God, God said, I could do something with that. I could do something with a humble and a hungry heart. And so Paul began to talk about those things. Paul's resume, again, he, he plays to his weaknesses, not his strengths. He highlights his restrictions and his limitations and who among us would do that. If we were going for a job interview... None of us would get hired if we were truly honest about all of that. Well, sometimes I show up late. And sometimes I like to clock out early. And sometimes I give about 50% when it gets close to lunchtime. And then about 2 or 3 o'clock, I kind of just coast on in until it's time to go home. Oh, Lord. 
We might have a mini altar call here real quick. And when my family gets on my nerves, I bring it to work or I bring it to school. Amen. We wouldn't put any of that on our resume. We wouldn't, we wouldn't brag about any of that stuff, about, about how, how, how difficult we could be. And we might, be irri- we might kind of be irritable, you know, on early on Monday morning. We might not be, you know, the best witness. We wouldn't talk about that. We wouldn't put that on the resume and say, hey, hire me. No, we want to talk about all the things we can bring to the table. We, we would want to talk about how much of a blessing we are to this community or this company or this school. Talk about all of the things that we can do, our talents and our abilities and our giftings. We like to, we like to put those at the forefront and hide the weaknesses in the background. Paul goes down a long list in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I won't read all of them, but he, he began to just talk about all the things that he had, had gone through and being whipped and, 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 and facing death and being shipwrecked. And five different times he talks about the Jewish leaders beat me with 39 lashes. Anybody want to sign up to do the work of the Lord? We have a sign-up sheet. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. Who feels a call to evangelize? Anybody want to be a missionary? I was shipwrecked. I faced robbers. I faced danger from my own people. In the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas, he talks about it. He said, I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they're not even believers. So they kind of brought me in unaware. And they were bearing false witness. Oh, yeah. He said, I, I, I tried to, to trust them, but I, I couldn't trust them because they wounded me. Anybody want to be a missionary? Anybody feel called to the ministry? What a resume. What excitement. He began to talk about that. He talked about dealing with being cold and not having enough clothing, not having enough food, being led astray from people that he trusted. He goes in verse 30. He said, if I must boast, he said, if I'm going to brag about anything, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. I'd rather talk about my restrictions. I would rather talk about what God has been able to do through me because I put me on the altar before him. Every day, getting up and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And Lord, I put my will on the altar and my flesh on the altar and my mouth and my mind and my motives on the altar that your will may be done. I wrote down, I began to think about this and I thought to myself, much of Paul's power, his authority and his influence was a result of successful suffering. Do we suffer through test and trial with dignity? Do we still give God the praise and the glory when everything is going wrong in our life? Do we still give when we have nothing to give? Do we sacrifice when we look at our account and we say, Lord, you see how many zeros are there? And I'm not talking about with any other numbers in front of it. But we do this because we are taught that in those places of life, that is where God's power comes through in the mightiest of ways and the greatest miracles are accomplished. 
Because we put self on the altar and say, Lord, the Bible talks about the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So wherever you have me, God, it's you know where I'm at and you know how much further I have to go. And when that ends, we celebrate victory and then we know we better buckle down and we better be prepared because there's another wilderness that will come so God can take us to the next level and the next dimension in him. We find this story. We, we find a story in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm hurrying here today. You want to talk about restrictions and limitations. Lord, have mercy. The, word, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to him saying, tell, talking about Elijah, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there, and I have commanded a widow there to provide for thee. And so he arose and he went. The Bible says he came to the city. He didn't have anything. God was sending ravens to feed him. And now he's walking to a city where there's a drought going on and famine is starting to set in and he sees a widow with the inability to earn. Different era, different culture. Gathered a few sticks and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, I, I love the instant obedience in the time of a drought. She instantly obeyed as she was going. She heard the man of God, and she went. And he said, please, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, we've all been here. I, I just have a little bit. I just have a little, I don't have any bread, but I just have a handful of flour and a little oil in a jar. And gathering up some sticks, I'm going to prepare it. My son and I are going to eat it. We're going to die. Anybody feel like that in your spirit today? Lord, I'm, I'm going to bring what little bit I have left to you, and it's over. And once this is gone, I have nothing left. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil shall run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And in her obedience, the Bible says she went her way and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the, did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I'm going to put that story in briefly. I'm not going to preach that. That's a whole message in and of itself. But it just paints a picture of context of what can happen. When you take what little you have, what, what restrictive things you have, what limitations you have, and you give it to God. And watch Him supply the need over and over and over. All because you took that little resource, that limited, that restricted resource that you have in your possession and said, God, it all belongs to you. I want to dive into Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. Moving quickly here this, this afternoon. Is the Lord helping anybody here today? Amen. The Bible says that Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. This man was in... Financial need. Restricted physically. Restricted financially. 
And he sees Peter and John about to go into the temple. He asks for alms. I don't know how long they had walked by him because they went up all the time to pray. They may have passed by him and one time or another had some change in their pocket to give to him. I don't know. They may have known him by name. They may have greeted him when they went to the temple to pray. But this day, the Bible says that Peter began to look at him and said, look at us. We have three people here with literally nothing financially. There's nothing there. And the Bible says he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Now we're going to look at the goodness of God on display in a unique way. Because a lot of us in our own way are like the layman. We come in to the house of God on a Sunday. And we are just asking God to give us some alms. So we can survive the day. Lord, I, I just could you just give me my daily bread? Just give me something to kind of take the edge off. Put a little food in my belly and in my spirit. Lord, help me just to just nourish me enough and provide just enough for me right now that, that I could just get to the end of the day and, and we'll worry about tomorrow. And we find scripture that backs that up. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't worry about the troubles of tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough trouble. Just, just take care of the day. We understand that. But this man was just wanting a temporary fix to his, solution, uh, to, to his problem. Not a long-term solution. And Peter said unto him, silver and gold, I, I don't have any of that. What you are asking me for, I don't have any of that. But what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. And he begins to command him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And we see this scenario play out with limited monetary resources, but unlimited spiritual resources. And, and there was restriction in the natural, but, but abundance in the supernatural. And, and we see the miracle play out where he takes him by the right hand and lifts him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. And he stood, he's leaping, he's entering into the temple, which he was unable to do until that moment. Walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw it. And they knew it was him. This is the guy that we pass by every day. This is a guy who, who wants a, a financial, uh, just kind of like a, an in-the-moment fix for his need. This lame man had a temporary financial blessing that he desired. But the available miracle that was represented was for something far greater than the initial need. And I believe this is for someone here right now in this moment. You've walked in hoping and maybe expecting God to just do something that will temporarily fix your problem. I feel the Holy Ghost helping us right now in this house. I have been guilty of that myself. I'm like, Lord, this is what I have need of. And that need is just very, very in the moment. It's very, very just right there for right now and for today. And there's not a lot of longevity for what I'm asking God for. 
But I believe God has stepped into this house today. And he is going to take what you are intending for him to do. And he's going to do something a little bit greater than what you perhaps expect him to do. Because this was not just something to put in his pocket. But it was a change of identity that would reset the rest of his life and take care of both needs. He became whole. And when he became whole, that allowed his financial need to be met because he could now provide for himself. It was something that was far greater than some alms or some money. It was a change of identity. It was a miracle. It was a sign. It was a wonder that said it's not just to do something to fix you today. I want to fix you for far greater than today. For next month and next year. I want to do something God is saying to us. In your limitations and your restrictions. That doesn't just suit the moment but provides a change of identity in your life. We quote it, we teach it, and we preach it, and I'm afraid sometimes verses like this become cliche, Pastor. When we say verses like Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him who is able, and we get a response, and we feel a little jolt, but when we're limited... And we're restricted. And we don't have a lot. And when we bring ourselves to the altar, do we really believe that the word of God means what it says? I believe that the word of God does mean what the word of God says. I do believe that God can do what his word says that he can do. And he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Meaning that God can take what we want him to do and say, I can do far greater in your life. Lord have mercy. Help us today to get a glimpse of just what it is God wants to do. Brother Garcia talked about in our morning manna, the promises of God are yes and amen. That he doesn't want to withhold anything from us. He doesn't want to keep good things from us. But we have to lift the limits off of our God today and stop expecting so little from Him when He owns everything. He controls everything. He has all power in heaven and in earth. I'm closing this morning or this afternoon, excuse me, with a couple of personal stories.